African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. Uh, Thank you for joining us right now at 11 o'clock Central African Time. We'll be with you until midday Central African Time. Let's focus and zoom into uh, today's uh, subject matter, looking at uh, uh, the big issue that we're looking at today, which is uh, the manner in which South Africa conveys its uh, political interventions. Uh, Zambian opposition leader Hakainde Hichelemo was recently in South Africa for a three-day visit during which he was attending a question session addressed by uh, President Jacob Zuma in Parliament. Uh, during his stay, uh, the main opposition party, the Democratic Alliance, called for South Africa to end its quiet diplomacy uh, in terms of Hichelemo's arrest. Well, in other news, we know that Rick Machar, the ex-vice president of South Sudan, has become a defector a prisoner in a farmhouse outside of South Africa and has been restricted from a political activity. Now, looking at these issues, clearly we see that South Africa plays a huge diplomatic role in uh, a conflict resolutions and conflict strife in terms of politics on the African continent. Well, we know that this is not a new phenomenon in South Africa. We've had recently uh, Tom Tabane, who found uh, asylum in South Africa. Mark Ravalo Manana was another uh, leader of Madagascar, the deposed former leader in Madagascar, who was also uh, not in uh, uh, his country and came to South Africa due to political situations. Now we're joined on the line by Mr. Roland Henwood, who's a lecturer in political science at the University of Pretoria, and also we'll have Professor Shedrick Guto uh, to look at these particular issues. Uh, Mr. Roland uh, Henwood, thank you for giving us your time. Good morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Now, let's look at uh, uh, this issue in terms of uh, South Africa's role in terms of uh, this be- it becoming a diplomatic muscle as a whole. It seems like South Africa, for a long time after its own independence from uh, uh, the new era of South Africa, from 1994, it became almost an asylum space for most political uh, uh, leaders in the continent. Why was this the case, and why are we still seeing this continuing, South Africa becoming such a central uh, country for diplomacy? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me clearly, Mr. Roland? Sorry, I just missed the last part, but let me start by answering your, your basic argument or um, question. Sure. And that is why South Africa finds itself in the position it finds itself. I think that uh, South Africa is in Africa is a powerful role player. Mm-hmm. Has a very big economy, biggest or second biggest economy, depending on on how it's going to be defined. Stable country. It's a country that has, to a large extent, been punching above its weight in terms of its foreign policy and international relations. Um, again, that that is open to discussion, but but that has been the perception of South Africa. Um, it played a key role in the restructuring 
that led to the African Union being created. So all these are factors that I think contribute to an expectation of South Africa playing a much bigger role in, in Africa, supporting processes in Africa, especially around conflict and difficulties with governance. These are the kinds of issues that make South Africa an important role player in Africa. There are, of course, negatives, but, but let's um, focus on these for the moment. All right, we'll come to those other negatives because we've seen some situations where uh, South Africa has interacted in that particular regard where there were some negatives. We uh, can go back to that issue of uh, uh, Grace Mugabe, of what happened uh, recently and the intervention in, in, in that regard. But I want to look at uh, the latest news whereby we saw the Zambian opposition leader, Hakainde Hichilema, being invited by the Democratic alliance into the country and we saw the call from Musi Maimani, the leader of the Democratic Alliance, saying that South Africa must intervene in terms of uh, uh, not actually keeping quiet or maintaining its uh, a quiet diplomacy when it comes to uh, the arrest of uh, Hichilema. But we heard a very interesting response from South Africa's uh, President Zuma who said that the government is very careful not to interfere in the domestic affairs of another country so there are complexities in how you actually intervene in a political space of another country. Your thoughts around the nuances of that type of intervention, because we know there has been also a critical aspect of South Africa's quiet diplomacy when it comes to uh, the Zimbabwean context. Yes, I, I think the first thing that one must stress is that foreign policy and, and foreign relations in the world of 2017 are complex issues. I don't think we must underestimate that. The fact that you have easy communication, the fact that you have easy mobilized mobility, the fact that you can go places and have access to places much easier than ever before does not take away the complexities. It rather adds to the complexities in that nothing is hidden. You cannot act on the sly and no one is going to detect it or it's only going to be, become public knowledge months or even years later. The, the time for that is gone. So it's a complex environment with serious challenges. Secondly, don't underestimate the importance and the value of equality of states, especially in the Southern African and the African context. And then with that, the idea of sovereignty and non-interference in domestic politics. That is a given and that is something that has been respected. There's a lot of sensitivity to that. That's easy. What makes it complex is what happens when things start to go wrong or what happens when what is taking place in a neighboring country or somewhere close to you, things are not going in terms of what you would expect, maybe what you would prefer, or what in a very vague and general sense would be acceptable practice. That is when it becomes difficult. When do you engage? On what basis do you engage? What can you do to interfere in a way that is acceptable? And that is very sensitive in the African context. Um, mm. You're not allowed to or supposed to interfere, but sometimes it may be necessary. Mm. And, and the issue here is one of definition also. When you're part of a peacekeeping force, in effect you are interfering in a process. The, the issue is you are interfering on the right side. In other words, it is acceptable, um, you can explain why, and you have sanction of the AU 
or the UN or whoever it is going to decide that you might actually do this. Mm. When it comes to bilateral relations, that is country to country, that's very difficult because now you are engaging at a level which used to be the preserve of governments. So government-to-government relations happens because the one government engages with another government that has the right to be the government. How it came about, what that right is mm-hmm. based on, is not part of the discussion at this stage. It doesn't have to be a democratically elected government. Mm. Formally, that is the way in which you engage. Mm. When you start going beyond that, you start raising all sorts of problems and all sorts of difficulties. And that has been historically the case with Zimbabwe, where you have a government that has not won elections or has not won free and fair elections, and people expected South Africa to take the lead and do something about that. We know the history of the quiet diplomacy phase in South African foreign policy. In Mm. Zambia, you have a government that has won an election, slight majority, but it won the election, and you have one of the candidates saying, but this was not a proper free and fair election. In Africa, the approach so far has been you stick to the official line and the official outcome. If that election has been declared and there's somebody instated as the new president and the new government, that is the official line that you engage with. Mm, mm. It is becoming more and more an issue when people are rejecting the outcome of elections. How far do you go? Who do you engage with? Because it is clear that we are moving into an era now where you don't just accept the outcome and deal with whoever is in office. And I think the pertinent case in point is what is playing out in Kenya now, Mm. where the court comes and says, hang on, we cannot stand by this election. The election must be scrapped, and Mm. we have to go back and have a new election. That hasn't happened in Zambia. But the issue is you now have an opposition leader who comes to South Africa by invitation on a public platform Mm. saying, you cannot engage with my government in this way Mm. because the election was not proper. I don't recognize that leader. Mm. And this is a different dynamic from one where South Africa uses its good offices and say, you know what, send that opposition leader to us. We will take care of him for some time until the temperature drops or until the situation changes, Mm. and Mm. then we'll see what we can do. You you don't have that kind of um, sanctity and Mm. and that Mm. safe Mm. environment Mm. that is created in the case of Zambia. End result is the South African government is drawn into the party politics of mm. the Zambian situation. And that is very difficult to manage. Well, Mr. Henwood, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to be joined by Professor Shedrick Guta. I know he's been waiting on the line. Professor Guta, stay with us there on the line. They will come back to you and get your insights uh, on this particular issue of uh, uh, South Africa's uh, diplomatics. Uh, I don't know how to actually... Uh, pronounce it but south africa is a political uh, diplomatic muscle i would say but uh, we'll uh, deal with these issues after the break it's eleven nineteen central african time we'll be back after this we have great news for you channel africa has gone mobile if you have a cell phone you can now download the mobile app for android you can get it on google play Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspectives. 
Well, thank you for joining us right here on uh, the DSTV audio channel, uh, channel 802. And if you listen to us on our website, remember, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, uh, uh, we're on the line having uh, uh, Professor Shedrick Guto from UNISA and Mr. Roland Henwood uh, from the Political Science uh, Department at the University of uh, Pretoria. Uh, now, let me come uh, to, to you, Professor Shedrick Guto, in terms of... Uh, uh, South Africa's uh, in, in international relations uh, uh, muscle and its diplomatic role on the African continent. It seems like it's a continuing one. Let's look back at this issue that came out last week of uh, the house arrest of Riek Machar. We know that he's been here as uh, what has been termed uh, a de facto prisoner in a farmhouse just outside Johannesburg. In terms of uh, the situation that we're seeing of Riek Machar, we've been looking at the Hichilema intervention in, in South Africa, but I want us to move just a little bit into the Riek Machar uh, space in terms of how would South Africa have to, have to intervene with that complex situation because we know that in South Sudan uh, there's tension when it comes to issues of leadership. Thank you very much and to the viewers and uh, those who are hearing this. I would like to start by saying that South Africa has had a very strong relation with uh, South Sudan uh, when the Comprehensive Peace Agreement was uh, concluded. South Africa and government and the University of South Africa, UNISA, Mm. trained the people who were from the South Sudan Liberation Movement and Army in South Africa and in uh, liberated areas uh, in South Sudan. I was in charge uh, of that program, and I think we trained over 1,000 people Mm. and uh, persons like uh, the current president, uh, Salvatore was also came to South Africa with the team, Mm. and so on. So we have had very strong relations. In many ways, South Africa has the closest understanding of uh, the politics in South Sudan. We have trained the people we trained. Some are in government now, and Mm. some are in the rebel movement. So... From that point of view, I think we could have done more, except that under the current leadership of uh, President Jacob Zuma, we haven't done enough, but we could have taken an advantage of even trying to have country-to-country relations Mm. where we try to find a solution Mm. to the conflict there. Mm. And... um, Professor Kuta, I just wanted to look at the, the specificities on uh, uh, the situation with the uh, Riek Machar situation. In terms of that space, how would the South African government deal with that? Would Riek Machar be in the country due to the invitation from South Africa and the house arrest itself? Who, who is managing his stay here in South Africa? No, I don't think that Rakhmashia came to South Africa at the invitation Mm. of the government of South Africa. He may have come for various reasons. Mm. It was said earlier on that he was here for medical reasons and so on. Mm. 
And you do have a lot of leaders in South Sudan. They go for medical treatments in Kenya, Uganda, South Africa, and so on. So that is not unusual. But while he was here, he decided to stay. And uh, we have to investigate under what conditions and what type of visa mm. does he hold at the moment. Mm. Is it one which is just a visitor, a uh, business person, or in what capacity is in South Africa? South Africa International Relations Department must be able to explain under what uh, status he is here because uh, he is regarded as a rebel leader at the moment in South Sudan. There's war going on, internal war. There are uh, refugees, uh, you know, pouring into neighboring countries mm. with South Sudan and so on. So under those conditions, it's a question of what role is South Africa saying, and we need to come out and be frank about it mm. and face it. And, uh, you know, we see here so that we try to mediate mm. or to try and find solutions. And how are we doing it? Mm. I don't think uh, that those have been clarified. Mm. Let me come back to you, Mr. Roland Henwood, in terms of those complexities on people who have taken refuge in South Africa. We know the circumstances are very different to every figure. Uh, let's look at the, the top Tabani case. We've had the likes of uh, uh, the uh, former leader of Madagascar, Mark Ravalomanana, in the country. And uh, let's not uh, also forget uh, uh, the former uh, president of, Jean, of, of Haiti, Jean-Petrant Aristide, who was in South Africa uh, for asylum for a very long time. And uh, we've seen this becoming uh, very, very much a trend in, in, in South Africa. But these are different circumstances with all these uh, different situations, isn't it, Mr. Henwood? Yes, very much so. I think one must differentiate in terms of this two broad categories. The one is where a leader would be here on invitation or would, there will be an arrangement for somebody to come to South Africa and will be accommodated in some way. And, and very important that your freedom of movement and whatever you engage in will not be limited as far as you stay within the agreement or within the basic rules of what is acceptable conduct. The difference that we find here with the Zambian case is that you have an opposition leader that has just been released from jail. Now, we can discuss the, 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 the um, case that was brought against him, treason, and was that really a case or is it trumped up charges. Bottom line is you have somebody released from jail coming to South Africa on invitation but not of government, mm. visiting South Africa. And, yes, you are going to – you're a high-profile person, so, yes, you're going to um, – engage in some public activities. The issue is that you cannot expect the South African government to be part of that process. Mm. You're not an official visitor to the government. You're not an official delegation to the government. Mm. Effectively, you're a private citizen in South Africa. And, and with all the freedoms, but also all the restrictions that would apply in that case. And that's why the Zambian case is different. What makes it complex is that the actions that are taking place and the, 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 the call for action is that the South African government must play a particular role in terms of domestic politics in Zambia. And that's a very different issue mm. from all the other 
um, examples that you have referred to. Mm. In terms of the situation, uh, Professor Shedrick Guto, whereby someone of a political nature does take asylum in South Africa, would the South African government be um, responsible for their stay in South Africa? Let's look at a situation as the Tom Tabani case or the Aristide case, whereby uh, these uh, or, uh, these individuals were actually looked after by governments, <coughs> and it seemed like the government was very much uh, playing a leading effort in the political interventions in those countries? I think let me start with the clearest one to me where I have also played a role and that of uh, President Betfar of Haiti who was overthrown by the U.S. government and uh, sent into exile mm. in somewhere in West Africa and South Africa then said, no, we will have him here. And he was here legally, openly. He was uh, really a scholar, a researcher at the University of South Africa. And uh, his wife, uh, who is an attorney, was with me uh, at the Institute for African Renaissance Studies and was my deputy editor of the International Journal of African Renaissance Studies. So we were very close. We were family. So that was above board. Mm. It was really South Africa saying we will not allow big powers like the U.S. to abuse uh, small states like Haiti with uh, people of African descent and so on. There's nothing wrong about that. Everything is uh, on board. The question of the former president of Madagascar was here, obviously, uh, on the, it was an Africa Union issue, mm-hmm. not just directly South Africa was caring, sure. but South Africa saying he could be here while the Africa Union tried to resolve the crisis in Madagascar. This time around, this is a very different matter when we are talking about uh, you know, Zambia, we are talking about um, uh, others who wreck my share from South Sudan. Mm. Well, this is so fascinating coming from both of you. I'm going to take a quick break, but I'm going to come back to the issue of capacity in terms of South Africa's ongoing capacity to be able to actually play this intervention role and how it's doing with some of the controversial issues that I cited earlier with the latest decision to give amnesty uh, and immunity rather uh, to the um, wife of uh, uh, Robert Mugabe after that uh, incident happened in South Africa where it was alleged that she abused a young girl uh, and also uh, South Africa wanting to pull out of the ICC. Does it actually uh, create a space where South Africa's role from an intervention perspective is questioned and its credibility is actually uh, disempowered in terms of how uh, the external forces see the country. Fascinating conversation with Mr. Roland Hanwog, lecturer in political studies at the University of Pretoria. I also have uh, Professor Shadrick Guto, who's joining us from the University of South Africa. I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, 
If you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Uh, this is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama, where we look at the big subject matters on the African continent. Today we're playing, uh, we're looking at the with the role that South Africa has in terms of uh, its diplomatic uh, role on the African continent, especially when it comes uh, to uh, leading figures in the political uh, space uh, on the continent. We're joined by Mr. Roland Henwood, the lecturer in political science at the University of Pretoria, and also we have uh, Professor Shedrick Guto from the University of South Africa uh, joining us on the line. But let me come back to you, Mr. Roland Henwood, with this issue that we highlighted in terms of uh, South Africa's reputation when it comes to international relation issues. One is the Al-Bashir case, the ICC issue of pulling out from there, and also the latest that we've seen uh, where South Africa uh, gave Grace Mugabe diplomatic immunity after she was uh, uh, called to uh, that issue where uh, she was uh, uh, alleged to have uh, abused a young girl in, in South Africa. Around those complex issues themselves, in terms of our reputation, uh, where do we stand when it comes to our uh, our ideas of dim- dipl- diplomacy and international relations? Because I feel some way, somehow, we've blurred the lines here. I think South Africa... Um, especially since '94, has had a fairly good run of it. Um, I referred earlier to the expectations of South Africa, but also to the view that South Africa has been very successful and has been described as punching above its weight. In other words, having had more influence, have achieved more than what is actually um, commensurate with our real ability. Mm. And and I think that speaks volumes to the quality of leadership that South Africa was blessed with and also the way in which it engaged and conducted on the international system and on the international platform. What has happened since then is that South Africa has lost a lot of that luster, a lot of that ability. Um, There are many people who are very critical of South Africa at this stage and don't take South Africa that seriously. As to the specifics of, for instance, the two cases you referred to, I would differentiate between them. I think in the case of President al-Bashir, you may not like the decisions that have been taken, but the context within which those decisions have been taken are vastly different from that in terms of Mrs. Grace Mugabe, Mm. in that she was an individual on a private visit to South Africa, got engaged in some issues, and then afterward was granted asylum for that. Um, That did not go down very well in South Africa, at least. Um, it may be acceptable in, in some political circles. It may be the best way for South Africa to get rid of the issue. But I don't think it's that easy, and I don't think the outcome is necessarily one that is desirable or even the best option. In, in terms of the ICC, that's a different ballgame. And, and here you depends on who you're going to ask. People who are unhappy with what happens in the context of the ICC, and that is a large part of what is of leaders and people in Africa will say South Africa is doing the right thing and it did the right thing. 
those who are happy or not that critical of the ICC are very critical of South Africa, are going to be very critical, saying South Africa made a mistake and South Africa is not true to its declared foreign policy in terms of what it has done. So, so the issue on this is not as clear-cut. And, and your thoughts, are Professor Shadrach Guto, in terms of uh, South Africa's uh, uh, relationship in terms of diplomatic w- uh, work, I just have to announce to our listeners that we did invite the Department of International Relations and Cooperation of South Africa, uh, but they couldn't join us on the show due to the BRICS meetings that are underway in China. But back to you, Professor Shadrach Guto, in terms of uh, the reputation uh, South Africa finds itself, especially when it comes to the international relations uh, uh, work. Well, I think South Africa's uh, status and image in Africa and the world in terms of it uh, diplomatic immunity, first of all, let us take the two cases uh, that you have mentioned and I think which uh, cause a lot of discussion. That one of uh, President of Sudan, Al-Bashir, coming to a meeting of the AU, I think while he was being indicted at the International Criminal Court, South Africa made a serious mistake which we need to accept as a country, as a nation, to be able to say we should have engaged the International uh, Criminal Court before al-Bashir came here because there's a provision within the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court that provide a provision where you can be able to see whether or not there could be um, really uh, allowing somebody and not arresting them when they're in the country on the basis of immunity. Uh, The problem we made there is then to escalate that, to say we want to move out of the International Criminal Court statute, that's the Rome statute, I think that's where we are going very wrong. South Africa has to be seen to be against war crimes, crimes against humanity, uh, and so on, and genocide. We shouldn't be seen to be running away from that. On the question of Grace Mugabe, it's a different matter because uh, she came here not under diplomatic protection or immunity. Mm-hmm. She came here in a private capacity. And we, what we did as a country was to be able to give her diplomatic uh, immunity and then to... Uh, let her get out of the country. That was done, and South Africa came out quite clearly to say it did so because of the close relations with Zimbabwe in terms of economic relations, which benefits South Africa and benefits Zimbabwe. So more of it was because of the economic reasons. The second reason that South Africa gave, Zimbabwe is a very close, it's a neighbor. There are thousands, if not a million, Zimbabweans in South Africa because of the crisis caused by a dictatorship of President uh, Robert Mugabe. They are in South Africa. And you cannot treat a neighbor and your relations with them 
uh, in a manner that you only read diplomatic uh, laws, international and so on. You also have to say whether you do or not, mm -hmm. people will pour across the border, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, close the borders. And I think because of South Africa uh, is dealing with the reality on the ground, but also the laws at international uh, level, mm. dealing with diplomacy and immunities and so on. So mm. I think we should just say, yes, we did do it after she was already in here. Mm. Uh, and the reason we did so is because we want to retain the relationship, mm -hmm. of course. That does not mean that any criminal action against Grace Mugabe because of the crimes she committed while she was here, or, uh, you know, uh, assault and, uh, and so on against a young mm -hmm. lady mm -hmm. and others, that can go on. So Grace Mugabe can still be barred from coming here to say as soon as she steps here again, she will go to court. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to wrap it up, and I want to see if we can maybe wrap it up with uh, uh, the way forward for South Africa to maintain uh, this kind of a pivotal role that it has played historically, uh, Mr. Roland Henwood. Your, your thoughts around that? I think if one looks at, at the realities playing out in Africa, it is very important for any country, including South Africa, to maintain good bilateral relations, but also to be active in the multilateral context. That is the SADC regional body, that is the African Union, and what it offers Africa. However, it becomes more and more difficult because being South Africa, you are drawn into all sorts of issues that in the past wouldn't have been on the agenda. Um, the accessibility of South Africa, the, the importance of South Africa as an economic hub makes it somewhere where many people will come to and there will be incidents. Mm -hmm. The question and the, the challenge is going to be how do you resolve those issues? Mm -hmm. And you have to be mindful of your interests as a country, but mm -hmm. you also have to be mindful of your citizens as a country. And sometimes those are mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. The challenge for South Africa is how do you reconcile these issues? And I think of late there's a confidence problem. Uh, many people are saying, but the government doesn't inspire confidence. It's not convincing in terms of what it does. There's no <coughs> continuity in decision-making and policy. Mm. And because of that, mm. South mm. Africa mm. has lost some of its um, ability, has lost some of its influence, in the external environment. There's another reality. South Africa is under huge economic um, stress, and that makes it more difficult for South Africa to act in the way that it has done in the past, to provide the kind of support, the levels of support, the engagements that maybe South Africans and others have mm. become used to. Mm. And that's going to curtail the influence of South Africa, at least in the short to medium term.
Well, I have to leave it there. Thank you both for giving us your time and your insights. It's been very much appreciated to get your expertise on the program. Thank you to Mr. Roland Henwood, who is a lecturer in political science at the University of Pretoria, and Professor Shadrach Kuto from the University of South Africa. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Remember, coming up, we still have our uh, business news and we'll get our sports. Remember, you are listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective is what you're getting from us. Remember, interact with us on our Twitter handle at Channel Africa One or at African Dialogue. We'd love to hear from you on those particular platforms. Don't forget also our Facebook page. It's simply titled uh, Channel Africa. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Change Your Game is a program dedicated to SMEs and entrepreneurs on the African continent. Welcome to Change Your Game on Channel Africa, the African perspective. We're coming to you from Johannesburg, South Africa. It is a weekly entrepreneurial program that targets entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs on the African continent. Before we even, you know, talk about the journey, please tell me what an entrepreneurologist is. <laughs> well, that's a question that I get um, everywhere I go. Catches every Friday at 1000 hours Central African time and Saturday at 1300 hours Central African time. Change your game, empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Uh, this is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatam. Well, let's end it up with some music uh, from Mango Groove. This one is titled Hellfire. Until next time, God bless. Way back, Profisi. Helen Town. Way back, Profisi. Sophia Town. Way back, Selby. Wellington Square. Marabenstein. Bugle Hall. Way back,